Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Hope you're staying cool. Boy, it's been up over 100 degrees this week, according to my vehicle, so to speak. But this show's not about the weather. We talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom in the state of Texas as it relates to the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. And yes, signy die has happened the last day of the Texas legislative session. The final gavel came down. But the work is not done because there is a time period after the legislative session ends where the governor typically signs bills into laws, allows them to become law without signing, or sometimes he vetoes bills. So a lot of activity on that. We want to update you on that. As a matter of fact, a couple of bills that were signed into law just a few days ago, the Freedom to Worship Act, the Human Life Protection Act. So we'll get into a little bit more detail about that and why that matters to you. And any new information we're sort of hearing floating around on a potential, well, it's not potential. We know there's going to be two special sessions and one that could be happening very soon. But we've got some great events, too, around the Texas area where we're going to be live, where we'll give a recap of that. Just had Fort Worth earlier this week. Houston, big event at lunch on Monday, the 23rd. Uh, Wednesday, we're going to be in Dallas and then in San Antonio, June 28th. So go to TXValues.org, check our event page. If you're watching on Facebook, share this, like it, put it up in groups. Let's get some good activity because we have a great guest today. If you're watching us on Facebook, hit the subscribe button, continue to support our work, and we're going to have some good information to talk to you about today in the main segment of our show. Our guest today is Jason Jones. You may have heard of him before if you're involved in pro-life issues. Maybe you haven't. If you don't know Jason Jones, you need to watch our show today to hear all about he's doing what he's doing on the pro-life movement and a little bit about what he's done in the past. He's an American film producer, and he has been a part of producing some of the most important pro-life movies that have been around in our current time and, and I like to say our current generation in the past couple of decades, including movies like Bella that was a major hit and led to a lot of fame in a different way for our good friend Eduardo Verdastegui. But one of the things I'm excited about is that Jason Jones is now a Texan. He is right here in our state. And as you see, he's ready to go to battle. Jason, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Hey, it's great to be on the show with you, Jonathan. Well, look, you and I have been trying to sort of get in the same room together since you moved. And, you know, I, I know you're in the Central Texas area. Our office is in Austin in Central Texas. And so we haven't done that yet. But, you know, and that's because I know you've got great work you're doing. you got to stay on your schedule, get your family um, acclimated and all that good stuff. But you have spent some time at our Texas Capitol. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But I want to first start by letting you uh, let our listeners and viewers know a little bit about your background and maybe a little bit about why you're now in Texas. Yeah, well, it's great to be on. I'm a big uh, fan of your organization, and it is a blessing and a privilege to be in Texas. You know, I'm from Hawaii, and uh, leaving Hawaii was something that to me was would never, I could have never imagined. Um, I used to tell people, when Hillary Clinton says, takes a village to raise your child, what she means is it, it takes the government to raise your child. But what we know as conservatives, our village does raise our child, so you should choose your very your village wisely as wisely as you would choose your spouse because together with your community uh, they will be raising your children with you and to me Hawaii was our home and where I wanted to raise our children but with the insanity of the lockdowns and the brutality um, that the people of Hawaii were suffering and they're still locked down and I didn't want my children to to, to have to live through that I knew in June it was going to go on and on and on so we looked over the in the entire country where 
what village do I want to, to help me raise my children if we're going to move? And we looked over the whole country and it came down to one state, Texas. And then we looked over the entire state of Texas and we said, we want to go to hill, the hill country. And so now we're in New Braunfels, Texas. We absolutely love it. And, um, and I told my children, you know, we're from, we're moving from, there are only two states that were countries, Hawaii and Texas. <laughs> And now you're going to have lived in both. And, you know, I feel like Hawaii is a country and we should, when people go there, they should treat it with the respect that you would treat going to a different country. And I told my children, we're going to treat Texas that way. We're going to move to Texas. We're going to tread lightly. Uh, we're really almost coming as refugees. I, I see it as that. Hey, you're, you're not the only one. I mean, there are a lot of people yeah. that feel that way. Sometimes it's because of natural disasters that, uh, you know, are not man-made. Sometimes it's natural disasters or disasters that are man-made. The economies of California, New York, and other places. And just an oppressive environment in so many states where people feel like, you know, they can't uh, worship God and live their lives the way that they see fit without the government telling them what to do, trying to punish them what they, uh, for, um, for what they believe in, and a whole host of things. You and I spent some time together in Texas. I remember you came down with Eduardo. You guys were uh, interacting with people. The Bella movie was getting a lot of attention. It was just after that, but Eduardo wanted, and the both of y'all wanted to have a presence in Texas and wanted to meet with people. Uh, I know we had a great meeting with, uh, y'all had a great meeting with Governor Perry and others. Your work in the film industry, particularly in pro-life movies, has been so important. Uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on lately with some of your work. Well, I'll say this, Jonathan, I, I've been coming to Texas about once a month for 15 years. And Texans have been a big part of all of my films and all of our successes. And Governor Perry himself personally bought out like 12 movie theaters for my movie, Bella. So many Texans have funded my movies and my projects. My son, who's the most Hawaiian of Hawaiian boys you'll ever meet, and, but he married a Dallas a girl from Dallas. So my son and my grandchildren uh, and daughter-in-law are in Dallas. So yeah, Texas is is has always been very good to us. And for my very first my first movie, Bella, but my latest film is Divided Hearts of America, um, starring New England Patriot uh, Benjamin Watson, recently retired. And you know, we know that we're coming to a point where Roe versus Wade is about to overturn. And while the while the lawyers and organizations like yours are fighting the battles in the legislatures and you're fighting the battles in the courts, what we really wanted to do is assist you by 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 making our case in the court of public opinion and that's really the goal of divided hearts of america we just signed a contract with fox nation it'll be in fox nation if you haven't seen it already but you can get it on amazon redbox wherever you watch movies we really look to show how benjamin watson goes on this exploration to see why is our country so divided well we're divided be really because of three issues um our unity comes from the declaration principle that we acknowledge that we are endowed by God with inalienable rights. We have equal dignity. The, the weed of slavery was growing uh, before our founding fathers planted that declaration principle. And so it was slavery, segregation, and abortion that are the brutal denial of our founding principle. They deny our source of unity. They're really at the heart of all division. So if we want to be truly united as a country, uh, the key to that is overturning Roe versus Wade, assenting uh, to the truth of our founding principle for the first time ever really as a nation uh, um, with consistency. And Well, and I, I want to talk a little bit about that too. And I want to save a few minutes and I know a few minutes doesn't really do it justice, but I want to give people just a little bit of um, information about 
your background as far as connection to your own pro-life witness and story. It's incredible. But talking about Roe versus Wade, okay, and divided hearts, you were at an event a couple of weeks ago that member of, members of our team were at uh, just south of the Texas Capitol, the, the south side of the Capitol, as we like to call it, South Gates. And we were there collectively to talk about and support and give information about the Texas heartbeat law. Some people are calling it the, you know, the strongest pro-life law in the state, maybe ever. The Biden administration says, um, their press secretary said it's the strictest measure of its time of its type in the country. Some people feel like it could be the key to uh, challenging Roe versus Wade. It's written different than other heartbeat laws in other states. Some lessons we learned from that. But you were there. You saw you saw it firsthand that division that can be taking place on this issue. You know, in 32 years in the pro-life movement, I never saw anything like I saw at that Capitol. I mean, not in Washington, D.C., not anywhere else. These were some angry folks. They were some odd ducks. They were some unique and beautiful creatures. In my speech, I had said, you know, my first 30 years in the pro-life movement, I was an atheist. But looking at it, the pro-abortion activists, the only thing that can explain such an odd, unique, and strange collection of creatures would be God. The only God could make it. But they were angry. It was very strange. Um, and it was it was as if they knew defeat was at hand. And actually, in my speech, I told them to buy some sunscreen, get some walking shoes. They got a lot of protesting coming up in the coming years because we're going to have victory after victory after victory. And it real, but, but the other thing we need to know about the other side, you know, I have a story, as you said, that, that is why I'm involved in the pro-life movement. I think many people who are angry on the other side have a story too. And sometimes our personal experiences lead us into dark places and, and they lead us to accept untruths um, as fact. And my story taught me a very important truth. Um, so I really, I do, I do feel for these people. I think that they were hurt. And um, sorry, I'm in a hotel. I think one of the alarms in the room just went off from the previous guest. But uh, yeah, I, I just so, but I do, but I really do believe that what we need to do, all of us, everyone watching, is as you're doing the important work in the courts and the legislative body, what we as Christians need to do is people who are, who ascend to the, the truth about the human person that we're made in the image and likeness of God is we need to let people know who they are, their beauty, their dignity, their worth, their source, their destiny, uh, why they were created and where they were created for. And um, that's what's going to bring unity because these were very lost, broken people. There was one woman there. She was tattooed from head to toe with tiger stripes. And yeah. I, I went up to her and she had a sign. She was all alone. She, her shoulders were rolled. She was clumped. She looked just very sorrowful. And, you know, I was just having fun with the crowd, being kind of, you know, silly and making jokes at their expense and having fun. And when I got to her, I looked and, and I just, my heart broke. And I just said, you know, you are a very unique and beautiful woman. And I clicked the picture. You know, she had tattooed her face. And she just went, she slumped over and she shrugged and she looked sad and walked away alone into this huge crowd. And I thought, the saddest thing about this woman's, the position she holds on abortion is it is sort of, it, it limits her ability to know who she is, her own dignity. When they deny Well, look, th there's no question. I mean, look, when you're in this, these events, you can come very close in proximity to people because sometimes that's what they want, right? They want to get in your face and intimidate you. But sometimes it's just the nature of these type of events and they're in public, right? You'll end up being really close. We experience that a lot of times inside the Capitol when we're there lobbying uh, for and against legislation, we're testifying. You can be sitting right next to people that vigorously 
disagree with your principles and, and your view on things, but sometimes conversations happen or sometimes there's insight. It is an opportunity for us to, to show and exercise some grace. We're talking with Jason Jones. He's American film producer, produced some of the most important pro-life movies. He's got a great pro-life testimony, but he's got a lot of energy and, and enthusiasm too, uh, some entertainment value, which is always good because you got to be optimistic. And, you know, you, uh, I think I feel a lot of the same way that that victory is coming and maybe the other side sees it. But, you know, I was taught in law school, Jason, the law is a teacher. And yeah. since Roe versus Wade has been the law of the land, it has taught people that it's OK to take the life of an innocent human being. It's taught young girls. I didn't do anything wrong. The law says it's OK. And, and a lot of times, unfortunately, that's what people have led been led to believe, because. How could it be legal if it's, you know, if it's not, if it's a bad thing? And so as we see opportunities, we feel like are coming for this to change. Also an opportunity to teach people, not just with the law and the court cases and the legislation, but through our actions, through our interactions with them, there's support there, there's understanding. And I would imagine for people that have been through that, that there could be a lot of hurt that they're going to need to deal with and that we could assist them in dealing with. But it doesn't have to end there. And, and there can be something beautiful that comes uh, with Roe versus Wade overturning. But in the meantime, getting the hearts and minds of the culture to change while we're hoping we're close to the court change. You know, yes, Jonathan, and I'm glad you brought that up about the law being the great teacher. I remember in college, David Barton came to Hawaii and I heard him say that, that the law is the great teacher. And I, you know, people will come up to me and they'll go, uh, I will say kind of half-hearted, timid pro-lifers will come up to me and say, Jason, I love what you do. Not like those other pro-lifers and those groups that try to change laws. You just try to change hearts. And I'm, I'm like, listen, I want to change laws. If someone said, here's a, a billion, I, I mean, I'm going to wave a wand and you're going to get a billion dollars to make all the pro-life movies you want for the rest of your life. Or tomorrow, there will be full legal protection for the human person from the biological beginning of their life, league by law till the end of life. What would you prefer? Well, obviously, I would make the decision that would be the most in educating our community on the truth of the human person, our polity, and also protecting the vulnerable from violence. And clearly, the wise choice would be a law that protected the human person. That would be what is the greatest teacher. I make movies um, because even in a culture of death, even in a tyranny, you can use art to chip away. You can use art to tell the truth. But there is no more powerful way to tell the truth, to educate than through the power of law. Right. Of course. And that's why um, like this heartbeat bill is is so very important. Just the name alone. Heart. Yeah. Well, look, that, bill, and I, that's that's one of the right. That's one of the amazing things about it. It's an easy thing for people to understand. The name of the law matches what it does. If there's a heartbeat that is detected, the baby's life should be protected. That is really the, the it with the law. And look, this might be the earliest that we could even detect or confirm that a baby, that a woman's pregnant, that a baby's present. And, and look, there, you know, you can go to the store and take a hormone test or whatever. But when it comes to a real certainty, that's usually when you go to the doctor and you hear the heartbeat. And if it's not there, that's also an indicator. And so this might virtually be uh, the, the strongest protection we could have. That's, you know, the earliest we're going to know a woman is even pregnant. That's why the Biden administration is up in arms about it. And the other side is going to get ready for a challenge September 1st. But look, we're just about out of time. It, it is important, your voice, okay? The, the movies you make, 
but the presence that you had at that event and other events that you're a part of. I know you speak to a lot of groups to encourage people. The movie you're ha- you have that's coming out very soon is co- called Divided Hearts. I know you're traveling right now. And I just want to say thank you so much for your pro-life witness, but also for over so many years continuing to find ways to be in front of people, to give people encouragement, and to continue to do the right thing, the right approach, but also continue to believe that on this issue of life, it is one of the most important things. It's an issue of life and death, and that we can have victory if we stay the course. Yeah, Jonathan, here's my promise to you. I've been doing this 32 years since I didn't know abortion was legal. I wasn't even raised in a, I didn't go to church, didn't know anything about politics. I found out about abortion when I, my high school girlfriend called me uh, sobbing, crying, wailing, because her father took her to get a forced third trimester abortion while I was in basic training. And the abortionist told her that our baby was a girl. And from that day until my last breath, I can promise you, I will be fighting to protect women and children from the violence of abortion. I tell my children, I'm gonna fight abortion till seven days after I die because my funeral is gonna be the biggest pro-life event anyone's ever been to. So I, I promise you that I'm committed uh, till, till legal protection for the child in the womb. And then that's just the first modest step really into a culture of life. There's a lot of work to do after that. So I'm in this till, till the end. All right. Well, now you're in Texas. Uh, you, we've given you a little time to get settled in. I want to get together with you more. And I just want to say thank you to Jason Jones has been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thank you. All right. Well, I want to wrap up. Jason's going to split off and wrap up some things that happened this week during the legislative session. Uh, Speaking of pro-life, House Bill 1280 has been signed by Governor Abbott. That is the Human Life Protection Act. Um, And this is a bill people call it the trigger bill, which if Roe versus Wade is overturned, it means there's a complete ban on abortion. So we do sort of have to wait for something to happen for that bill to be applied, but that might not mean anything to the pro-abortion side. They may still try to challenge it. Also, the Freedom to Worship Act, Uh, House Bill 1239. This makes it clear the government cannot force churches to close with the pandemic or any other setting. Okay, It's not just about the pandemic, even though that was a a motivation for it. It covers it any time. And that's going to become more and more important as the churches get more and more active. But there were some government officials that thought, you know, I can close a church during a pandemic. Maybe there are other reasons I can close it. Well, we shut the door on that, okay, to, to borrow from some of our uh, the issues surrounding that. But House Bill 1239, Representative Scott Sanford, Senator Angela Paxton is now signed into law. And here's what's great about it. We had such a strong majority of support, uh, primar- primarily Republicans, but enough Democrats got on board that it was it received over two thirds majority, which means it goes into effect immediately. OK, it's already law when Governor Abbott signed it, because most laws Uh, There's about a 30, 60, 90 day waiting period, if you will, that they go into effect on September 1st. That allows people to sort of get adjusted. But when you get a two thirds majority, once the governor signs into it, it's effective immediately. So that's something exciting to know about. Also, a couple other bills that we lent support in, but we probably you probably didn't hear us talk about as much. The law that addresses uh, teaching foundation principles and not allowing public schools to teach critical race theory. That's House Bill 3979, also sur- signed into law by Governor Abbott. You know, we kind of got on board a little bit late in the process. The bill was filed a little bit late. And, you know, look, when we're working on core issues, sometimes we stay in, 
focused on that, but you get further down the road, you see other bills that you can help. And this has become an issue because we've seen this type of teaching touch on LGBT issues, touch on issues that deny certain foundational principles of our state. People call critical race theory uh, communist, anti-Christian, a lot of concerns there uh, for teaching these kind of things in public schools. You'll likely hear us talking more about that. And yesterday there was a Supreme Court decision Really important Supreme Court decision, excuse me, said of Philadelphia versus Fulton. This was about whether or not religious organizations, and it was the Catholic charities that was a part of this, a Catholic, uh, excuse me, uh, foster care and adoption program and service, could they continue to operate based on their biblical principles? Could they continue to say, we place kids in homes that match up with our values. And there are a lot of different foster and adoption care agencies that will place kids in different homes based on what's a good match for the kid. So having these type of characteristics and these specifications is not uncommon. It shouldn't be treated any different for religious. So the government should not force the Catholic charities and Catholic agencies that are private to place kids in homes that go against their values. Sometimes girls are going to be forced to have an abortion if they're placed in that home. Sometimes they have a same-sex marriage, which goes against the, the Bible, and but it also goes against Catholic teaching of marriage between, being between a man and a woman. And so that case was victorious, 9-0, unanimous decision that the court acknowledged a lot of key principles. That's on our website, txvalues.org. You want to see some of the details. But we have a law like that in Texas. In 2017, the Freedom to Serve Children Act, which we were heavily a part of and supporting and getting done, was would have been in jeopardy had the Supreme Court not ruled the way they did yesterday. Because um, there's been some litigation in Texas, but it, it stalled and it didn't go up to the U.S. Supreme Court. So very important issue of religious liberty, but 9-0, right? So even at one point, the court said, look, we think having more adoption and foster care agencies like Catholic Charities and so on in the pool of entities that will be a part of this process, that's a good thing. So if, what the city did was effectively have rules that would have limited the amount of entities that could participate and help kids find a forever home. And they saw that as a bad thing. Nine zero, right? Some of the most liberal justices you think about, right? Uh, Nine zero on board. So there'll still be some more work to sort of unpack and get a better idea of what that decision means. Because look, it came out yesterday and with minutes, people are trying to comment. People want to know what it means, but uh, definitely something of a victory there. And there's information on our website with the press quote we put out and a little bit of analysis on txvalues.org. Speaking of this week, okay, on Wednesday, we had a sold out event in Fort Worth. Shelby Slauson, the author of the Texas Heartbeat Law was there. And if you missed it, you're like, oh, I wanted to hear a little bit more about the Heartbeat Law in in person. Uh, You know, don't worry, there's another chance. On Monday, that's this coming Monday, June 21st, we're having a lunch event at the Junior League uh, on the west side of Houston, still some tickets available. And Brian Hughes, Senator Brian Hughes, the, uh, the Senate author, of the heartbeat law. And it is a Senate bill, but the two of them work together. He's going to be there. Steve Dace, he's got a national talk show on Blaze TV. He's extraordinary. He's going to be our main speaker. He's got a book out. What timing? It's called the Fauci and Bargain. It's about all the lies, the misperception, the, the miscommunication, the misleading, all of the mess that related to Dr. Fauci. It's in his book. And we're now hearing all this stuff come out with emails, finding out about the deception. He's going to be there in person. You can get a copy of his book. You can get a signed copy. Still some tickets available. We'd love to have some sponsorships. Okay. We're coming up on the end of our fiscal year. 
we go from July 1st to June 30th. All right. So we've got about a week and a half left to raise $100,000 to make sure we meet our budget needs and our budget goals so we can go into July strong. We need your help. One way you can do it, you can get a book in the process and donate to us. Sponsorship, bring some friends. We still have some tickets available. I think uh, maybe 20 or 30 seats left. We're, we're getting close to selling out. Do not wait. TXValues.org. Go to our website right, right now. Check the events page. Click the events page and you'll see that. Uh, it's a pretty reasonable ticket. I, I think it's like $40. It's not that expensive, but you can do a little bit more to help um, with our support that we need to raise. And we have a matching grant in place. All donations between now and the end of June by midnight, hopefully sooner, will be matched up to $25,000. Hey, if you're not in the Houston area, Check out Dallas, June 23rd. We're going to be there. Speaking of the Freedom to Worship Law, Scott Sanford, the House author, he's going to be there. Another religious liberty bill that passed that protects pregnancy care centers and other religious organizations that was led by Matt Shaheen. Representative Shaheen's going to be there. Senator Kelly Hancock. We're going to have a fantastic group that's at Maggiano's at lunch, June 23rd. And last stop on the legislative recap tour for June is going to be in San Antonio. That is at, I forget where we're at, the um, San Francisco Steakhouse. Message me on here, uh, Greg, and let me know if that's right. I think that's where it's located. We have so many events going. I forgot the location, but that's at lunch. Check it out, txvalues.org. And this helps us raise money. We're going to be honoring Ken Mercer. Okay, he gra- he graduated. He uh, retired from the State Board of Education and did phenomenal work over the time period that he was there. We're going to be saying some nice things about Ken Mercer and other people will be there. You want to check it out. But look, if you can't make it to our events, go to our website now, txvalues.org. Make that tax deductible donation so we can continue to do the work we do for faith, family, and freedom. That's a we're a five hundred one c three. That's a tax deductible donation. All donations up to $25,000 are going to be matched. All right. So I hope I see y'all at one of our events soon. If I don't, you want to come by the office and say hello or send us a nice word of encouragement or just send in your financial support. We would love that. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.